Springsteen grew up in the outskirts of Charlotte, North Carolina, there's a pretty good chance he might sound like my next guest. Now don't worry, I'm not about to say that David Childers is a southern Bruce Springsteen, but with his voice and songwriting chops, you know, it's not that big of a stretch. Here's the thing about David Childers, though. He'd never stand for such a comparison. With his southern charm and all shucks demeanor, he'll just tell you that he writes words and tries to fit them into music. But his modesty belies the fact that David is one of the sharpest songwriters in the business. He doesn't shy away from anything, as his songs take on deep southern imagery like religion, love, death, and yeah, our country's original sins of slavery and white supremacy. Sometimes the songs just pour out of him, and he doesn't always ask why or whether it makes any sense. His music is art, and sometimes art is supposed to make us uncomfortable. I spoke with David in early February on the phone from his home outside Charlotte. His latest album, Interstate Lullaby, was released about a year ago, right before the pandemic hit. Interstate Lullaby was recorded live in the studio with his band, No Overdubs. This approach brings a fresh, lively sound to the songs, which at times go far into the abyss. What's incredible about David's career is that he only came to it fairly late in life. He didn't get serious about music until his late 30s and 40s, and only recently retired from his profession as a lawyer to become a full-time musician. David has not reached the age when most folks retire, but music and art is in his blood, and the songs just keep coming. The lives he paints in his music are not pretty. They are real. They are gritty. They are far from perfect. In other words, they're human. David's songs put you right where he is, whether that's in the middle of a rising river, a bar fight, or a Walmart. And really, you know, the more you listen, the more the Springsteen comparison I mentioned earlier makes some sense. Especially when you listen to some of Bruce's folksy or acoustic records like Nebraska, The Ghost of Tom Joad, and The Seeker Sessions. In this episode of Four Songs, David and I talk about four tunes from Interstate Lullaby. Flareon River, Interstate Lullaby, Camp Lattice Shuffle, and Edge of Town. Lyrically, he covers climate change, the traveling life, brawls and fisticuffs, and his frustration with the growing suburbs that keep taking away precious landscape. Musically, you get a mix of bluegrass, folk, straight-up country, and a blend of everything. And you know what? i got to tell you, this interview is kind of like his music. You've got to listen carefully. We talk a lot about the writing process, how it works for him, and the importance of not doubting what comes out. He talks about how important it is to ignore that internal voice that's telling you to hold back or to try to edit as you write. There's time for all that later. Just get it all down. We hit our stride about halfway through, and we take a few unexpected twists and turns along the way. So get comfy, grab a beer, and listen in. I'm Rob Thormeyer, and please welcome David Childers to Four Songs. First thing I'll do is welcome you, David, to Four Songs Podcast. Thank you for being with me here tonight. I appreciate it. Well, I'm glad to be here. Great. Well, Today so, is it's Wednesday, I think. So I, <laughs> yeah, right. I ask myself that question every day. <laughs> well, so I wanted to talk about your, your songwriting, but the first question I've been asking everyone since I started this last May while the pandemic was just starting to, to hit, is how have you been doing these last few months and almost a year now? How's, how's life? 
Well, my life's really good. I was pretty much working out of my house. I've been doing that for a long time. As far as my music, I, I was playing a, a great deal. You know, anywhere from two to five gigs a week, and and uh, very busy. But some friends got me to start doing streaming shows on Facebook. Where I uh, I just said I've got a an office. That's where I'm talking to you now. And, I've turned it into a sound stage, sort of. And, you know, I've twice, a, well, actually three times a week, Saturday evening, Friday, Saturday evenings, I play. You know, people tip me through PayPal. And then on Sunday mornings, I do a benefit for um, St. Jude in a cancer hospital. That's that's really been a, uh, a godsend and has helped tremendously just kept some money coming in. Uh, Good, I guess yeah. to answer your question, it hasn't been hard on me. You know, the things that I could complain about are minuscule compared to uh, what other people have experienced. Yeah. So as someone who likes to perform live a lot, how, how have you adjusted to the live stream? Is that, has that been difficult or is it something you look No, to? I think it's a blast. You know, but I got like this. I got this core of people. It might be thirty or forty people that seem to show up every week, and then there'll be a few others. I can see their responses on the little screen, and I'm just sitting back doing what I've always done. You know, playing a guitar and singing. I don't have my band, which you know is a shame, but I've developed a whole new form of presenting my songs, just just me and a guitar and a harmonica. How does your process typically work? Well, I write stuff down if it comes to my mind, and uh, I've got it on a work processor, and I go through that periodically, you know, weekly, rereading things. I think revising lyrics is very important. Number one, try to get a narrative that makes some kind of sense or has some rationality behind it. That's not always, it's not a requirement. That's just my my way of doing it. But, man, it's happened to me so many ways. You know, I'll have some words written down. All of a sudden, I'm playing a guitar, and here's like three chords that sound good or four or five, six chords thrown together, and I'll go uh, look up some words and try it out. Sometimes the words just pop into my head, like bang, 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 and I, you know, I grab a guitar. See, I, I mean, a lot of my songs are like three chords. It's more about the rhythm and how you put those three chords together with the words. Yeah. But, I, you know, I think a problem a lot of people have is when they're writing or creating, they got this phantom editor or... Uh, instructor is standing beside them and, and and leaning over your shoulder saying, oh, no, don't do that, don't do that. And I just always felt I had to throw that aside because yeah. I did a lot of that. I, mean, I went through creative writing programs and I had some really great teachers and also some really fine writers around me. And I just realized, like, you know, don't, you just have to be yourself. 
That's all. That's all you can do. I never was any good at being somebody else. Tried to be, failed miserably at it. So, uh, want to talk about your album Interstate Lullabies? It's come out about a year ago, right? Yeah, I believe it was about. I think it was a year ago. Wow. Yeah, it seems like time is just one long day since we can really not get out that much. But going back to the album, you recorded this all in one time, right, with the, with the band with you and the overdubs? Well, each song was recorded that way. But we had a number of different sessions where we recorded the the songs, but each track is a live track. Because it feels like there is a real looseness to the songs, like the, the, that you are having fun playing them, and I wonder if that's a natural occurrence because of how you recorded it? I mean, would it just sounded differently if you had done it in a studio with a different, you know, overdubbing and all that? I mean, just wanted to get... I think your, it would have sounded very different. I, I like the energy in this and in, the, in that record. But, yeah, we were... See, that, that band, we were playing a lot together. So we were very well rehearsed. Well, some of these songs were kind of new, but yeah, we we enjoy playing. I mean, there's nothing. There are a few things I've enjoyed more in my life than playing with this bunch of guys I made the record with. So hell yeah, I mean, it was fun. There wasn't yeah. any wasn't any backbiting or you know uh, just the grinding monotony of, of recording. That that wasn't present in this. I've recorded in some great studios with some, you know, fine fine producers and technicians and 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 who I respect and you know love some of them. Uh, but uh, just as a process for me, I I don't enjoy it uh, very much. But I did enjoy this one. You know, we'd yeah. get there and we'd do it in the mornings. We'd get there kind of fresh and. Everybody gets to be getting their coffee and uh, kind of loosening up, and, and it was just very relaxed. And we played a song, and you know, if it didn't feel right, we'd play it again and tighten it up, and then you know, working towards a cut that you know, would be good enough for the record. We'll be talking about four of these songs. One of them is Flow on River, then Interstate Lullaby, Camp Lotta Shuffle, and Edge of Town. So we'll start with. Flow One River, uh, yeah, like you said, this is a big number. It's, it's to me, it's gorgeous, and I, I like how the song. It just kind of to me, it flows like a river in a way. The way it that's right. Yeah, I mean, to me, it, it's it's like a journey through life. We were talking about that earlier. Just sometimes life just knocks you down. To me, this is sort of like a journey through. But um, what was your inspiration for this one? Well, I mean, watching. Uh, I'm very disturbed by the. <laughs> Global warming and you know water levels rise up. I went with my family down to Hilton Head in, uh, in South Carolina a few years back, and you know it was just kind of weird to me down there. You could tell the environment was getting weird. It was like shark. You couldn't go swimming because there's so many sharks out there, and then you could see where the, the water was was rising higher. You know, each day, you know, the, the sea level going down, and then you know, reading about it, 
Also, uh, you know, I feel like we're in a, a dangerous time, and that's, you know, that's reflected in that song. But then there's, you know, the the part of the humanity of, like, the guy with the guitar in the park who, you know, is willing to share his his music and, and the joy of that. I take me down to Oklethorpe Square. There's a man playing guitar down there. He rode down on a bike from Boston long ago. Never did leave, now it's 30 years gone. He let me play his guitar some while he plays harp and laughs with all the bums. I saw you over on the corner by the Haitian soldiers there, smoking a cigarette and smiling. I like the line you're talking about the Oglethorpe Square. Was that in, based in Savannah? Savannah. Yeah. yeah, we went down to Savannah. I like I like that town. I actually did my my uh, my wife doesn't smoke now, but she did then, and uh, I remember playing, sitting there playing. I actually, you know, there was a guy playing, and he let me play his guitar. And he played hard, and, and I looked over by the monument to the Haitian soldiers who fought at uh, Savannah against the British. There was a monument to him. She was over there smoking a cigarette. Of course, there's a lot of resonance in that image. And what I like is when you, you mentioned that, like, the murderous heat line, it seems like you become a preacher when you're at that part of the song. Through the murderous heat, I feel a coldness rise. A red star burns high in the sky. I sleep without dreams. In your uncertain arms Until the mockingbird Answers the dawn Stick with me baby Come on man Till time and time Have washed all memory away Nothing can stop that river But the hands of God And in those hands Our future Well, maybe that's poetry. You know, I, I, I aspire to be poetic sometime, and I hope that that may have achieved that. But I, you know, I, mean, I, I don't want to be a preacher, but I have certainly have opinions and, and advice if people want to hear it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's any damn good or not. Well, yeah, I, <laughs> that and a cut ten cents gets you a cup of coffee. <laughs> I'm a lot of storm, but yeah. And so the next song I wanted to talk about was Interstate Lullaby, and this seems like a traveling kind of song. 
Yeah. yeah. So at the beginning, it's, you're in Asheville and going away to Knoxville. Is, is, is this like a kind of like being on the road all the time or being a truck driver? Yeah, that's what that. That's what that was reflected, though. I don't think I was probably specific enough. I didn't really want to be that specific, but uh, actually, my uh, guy I played bass with, Corey Dudley, he and I went and did a couple house concerts, like one in Louisville and the other was in Lebanon, Tennessee. Just, uh, you know, I got the idea for a song there. It's not... uh, Actually, anything that happened. Except he was, the lady he was with at that time was giving him a really rough time. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, you know, we're riding along and I'm, I'm getting to share ranting and raving at him. <laughs> you know, the very gentle nature of guy. He's just a very, uh, very sweet guy. You know, basically very peaceful, easy to get along with, dude. But, in, but you know, I just picked out some images from that because. Yeah, I mean, we were traveling and up, you know, North Carolina, Kentucky, Tennessee, and then drove on home. Yeah, I mean, I, I wrote that a couple of days later after I got home. Because I did, I think we pulled in, you know, about Sunday. I've done that more than I care to remember yeah. in my life. But I, I like the, the first verse. I feel like your first verses are really powerful. And the, the line that I really like the most is, all the helping hands that slap the good man down. Yeah, I, yeah. I, just, I don't know how to explain that. And just, you know, kind of. But it, it appeared, and, and I grabbed it. <laughs> How does that work? You just, it just don't, like, you just get a line like that, and is that, did it, that, 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 did that line come first, and you kind of wrote around it, or was it just? No, it just, it sort of come out sequentially, usually. I think I'm open, you know, I'm, I'm open to the voices, you know, whether they're coming from inside me or outside me. When I start always been like this writing poetry uh, it's like opening a box and I don't know what's in the box I'm going to let it out and so I don't really I don't press too hard or think very hard about what I'm writing when I start writing it it's when I go back and start reading it and being like now come on you know really does this make sense or so there's a, that is a process. I don't just like spew it out and then, you know, first thought, best thought. Or there's, there's some validity to that. Mm-hmm. 
But I like to I like to go back and make sure that the the words work. But I don't. That doesn't mean I understand them. <laughs> I mean, I, I think I think we kill creativity and we kill beauty when when we're too uh, strict about making sure we as individuals understand it, rather than recognizing that there's you know, some kind of magic going on, some sort of organic magic, you know, from a human being tying their brain to their tongue and the memory and all of the senses that go into to uh, experiencing life. Early morning darkness makes a long sing Singing in the wind Down in my dream it's a song that's written on my soul I've been singing this song since I was born I wanted to move on to Camp Lotta Shuffle, which is, this is a fun one. <laughs> I feel like it's a real change of pace and a rocking song that really does pack a punch literally and lyrically <laughs> <laughs> that's a weird song yeah but uh the, you know as far as the words that's based loosely on real events from uh, here uh, there were these two guys that uh, were killed in the same night and some would say they deserve to be killed but they were on a rampage they were going in these beer joints they used to have a lot of these beer joints along the river and one of them was killed earlier in the evening at a certain place near Belmont and then the other one wound up at a beer joint over across from Mount Holly where I used to live he got killed there and, but the song is like I play with a field player Jeff White and, and he and I just be messing around the time I had this that little riff there. I wanted to get some words to it, and we would we would play that, you know, like at sound checks, and we both liked it, and uh, we're like, I'm like, damn, I gotta get some words. So I finally did, and you know, thus was born Camp Lannis Shuffle. <laughs> kind of a, a joke to um, some of the guys I knew used to go to that that place, Camp Lannis. It was a, a beer joint. I don't think it's there anymore. You know, they'd get real drunk, and uh, one night one of them was doing some kind of a, a dance where, like, he moved his feet about once every 30 seconds because <laughs> he was so drunk, and they called it the Camp Land of Shuffle, so. Yeah, I mean, it starts out right away with, with Ronnie by the river. He's lost his head <laughs> and just kind of... Yes, what happened? Well, 
get a three fifty seven through the brain. There ain't much head left. To me, what makes your music and your your music so so brilliant is you just you're there. I mean, as a listener, like I am, I feel like I am there, and that's just hard to do. I feel like, and man, that's I, what I want you to do, and I and I appreciate you saying that. I'm I'm, I'm glad you feel that way, but uh, I mean, that's certainly you know something I aspire to do. I don't enjoy violence and stuff. I, I I'm actually. You know, I'm not a pacifist, but I'm a peace-loving guy, and uh, you know, I'm 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 actually pretty sick of my some of the stuff I've seen or memories I have of things I have seen. But um, I, I think we have to acknowledge it from time to time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to make of that song, though. I, I <laughs> you know, I don't. I mean, I don't. But here's the thing: it's like. When the words came out, I'm like, you know, I gotta use these. I just, I can't throw this away. Same thing I wrote a song many years ago called George Wallace about uh, the governor of Alabama and uh, mm-hmm. his life, and I he got mistaken by a lot. Of, a lot of people understood what I was trying to say. Is like, and you know, he realized he was wrong to be a segregationist, and in the end, he sought forgiveness. But up to that time, you know, he totally misplayed. Uh, race and his education and what he knew was right for political gain. And uh, some people got that, and then some people thought I was, you know, saying George Wallace was a great guy and, you know, we ought to be segregated. <laughs> it's hmm. like the furthest thing from, from where my head's at. So, you know, sometimes you maybe shouldn't allow those things to get out, but... Uh, and that's how I feel about Camp Land Shuffle. Like, you know, this might be a little hard for people to to take, but mostly what I see is people start dancing. So, yeah, because yeah, they hear the damn words. You know, so like, <laughs> I was wondering about that. It's because you know there are songs that have these really vivid lyrics that are pretty deep, but if you package them in the right way, you know, like this one, it it, it sounds like a drinking song. I mean, I, I guess it is. Yeah. At some point, <laughs> but it's more like you can see people kind of gather around a campfire and, and swing a beer. <laughs> God help us. <laughs> <laughs>
So it's interesting you were talking about how whether stuff like this should come out or not. I mean, I, I wonder sometimes if, I mean, I'm glad that you did put this out because it, I feel like no matter what side, well, I mean, I don't want to take, I think people take too many sides, but I mean, it's, as an artist, do you feel like it's harder to, to do stuff like this in these hyper-partisan times? Well, I don't think I've written anything that's, you know, lately that's partisan one way or other. But I do, I, I like to think that I promote uh, decent behavior in people and maybe a sense of morality and, uh, you know, gentleness, forgiveness, and appreciation of each other. I mean, those are the things I, I would want folks to take away from my songs to learn empathy. And mm-hmm. learn how to, to empathize with people that you're going through loss, whether it's losing a loved one or if it's losing your whole damn town and their family in a flood or something. So I, I want to try to help people stay in touch with feelings for other people and you know, realizing that we're yeah, we're all going through the same stuff and that our our experiences are pretty common, you know, among us. I mean, we fall in love, we, we, we lose love, we have defeats, we have triumphs, we have joys, we have good days and bad days. And, uh, you know, I just want, want people to be, maybe make them more aware of each other if I can. Yeah. But I, don't, I don't think, I don't, you know, as far as writing a political song, I, some people can do it. And I, who was it I heard say? Uh, well, it was Bon Jovi. John Bon Jovi heard him say, you know, if you're going to write a political song in times like these especially, you better be damn sure you get it right. Mm-hmm. I mean, because, you know, that kind of writing can suddenly twist around on you and have a different meaning. Or it can just become real dated if you're not if you're not yeah. careful. Yeah. I mean, the beauty of so many of Dylan's songs, even something like "The Lonesome Death of Caddie, Hattie Carroll," or the the maid in the and the, and the maid gets killed by a guy that throws a cane at her. He don't get any kind of sentence for it. That was like 1960 when that happened. Hmm. But there's a, still that 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 white privilege and entitledness that we've been dealing with for the last five years. It's not longer than that. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it's... Yeah. No longer than that. I mean, my whole life, to be honest with you. I think the next song I want to talk about Edge of Town, which is what we're going to wrap up with. I, I think that, in a way, to me, this is a political song in a sense. It's it's kind of like that, that John Prine song, Paradise, in a way, but to me, at least. And for your well, permi- thank you. I thank you for that comparison. That's high praise in my book. Well, I think it does a good job because it's funny because I went to college uh, down in Fredericksburg, Virginia, which was the Civil War battle as well, but when I was there, they were trying to go to Walmart somewhere nearby and the town fought it off. But, you know, 15 years later, they ended up building it further away from town. But it's really, if you, if you're familiar with the wilderness and the Chancellorsville battles, that's where the new Walmart is. And it just, 
Really? So yeah. Well, I've been there for like 10 years now. So Wasn't that the, line, the wilderness? Yeah. Battle of the wilderness? Yeah. There's a Walmart there. God damn. Excuse yeah. my language, but that's that's atrocious. Yeah. that's. I love that line of yours. It's all Walmart where the wild things roam. Yeah, I live outside of Charlotte. I've, this was a, a Mount Holly where I used to live. It was a small town, and, and uh, you know, there was a little space between us, maybe 10, 15 miles, and now there's none. You know, it's just, uh, and they build a damn Walmart, it looks like, about every two or three miles. So that's that's the way it feels to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I love the, the second verse where you talk about where the wild things roam, and that's the Walmart now, but there's the image of you know, just riding the bikes and playing in the the pine and fishing, but the, the, line, the line I like the most is, we hid dreams no one could find, and I, I, in a sense, I we feel hid like the dreams no one, we hid no one the dreams no one could find. Well, I grew up on the edge of town Where the stars come out when the sun goes down And the woods and fields were all around And the wind blew through with a quiet sound There on the edge of town We would play in the scrubby pine Rode our bikes on the power line Swimming and fishing all the time We hid the dreams no one could find There on the edge of town Now the town's still there but the woods are gone It's all Walmart where the wild things roam Where a boy and a girl could be I mean, I feel like, you know, not only are we losing this environment, but we're losing a, a sense of our childhood and our just adventure. That's right. That's exactly right. And then toward the end, you talk about, you know, I took it for granted, and that's a shame. So I wonder if that's also seeing, like, as you get older and feeling like, I didn't know this was not going to be here. <laughs> Is that... Well, yes. I mean, it's it's weird. It's like, uh, you know, the the people and the places. So much of what I knew are gone now. Oh, I took it for granted, and that's a shame. I thought the things would stay the same All I knew we were having fun And I never did see how the end would come There on the edge of town And, and you just look around and And like, yeah, they're gone like the song Abraham Martin and John I talked to my my brothers. He's probably he's like I think seventy three, and as another close friend, 
He's in his mid seventies, and, we'll, and we talk. We'll, we'll talk about. Do you remember this thing that was in town, and this, or do you remember like the blind guitar player guy played harp and on Saturday mornings when all the people would come in from the country to town, and, and or you know the little circuses that came through, and it's like, did that shit really happen? I mean, that was because it's all gone now. Even that, that town and the way it. It looked and functioned, it's just gone. Now the town's still there, but the woods are gone. We saw Walmart where the wild things roam. Where a boy and a girl could be alone, they're on the edge of town. I blood in my nose and my best friends too. Fighting over nothing like a couple damn fools. Fell in love with the plumber's daughter. And I got baptized in the river of water. There on the edge of town. With the old weird America, I think. Yeah. Um, somebody's referred to that, and that's. That's what I lived. I mean, I lived with people from the 19th century. Mm. Like, my my grandmother from Mississippi was born in the 1880s, and she lived with us. And then, you know, there were you know, people older than that around. Even, uh, you know, a lot of men that had fought in World War One. Wow. Uh, ain't none of them around. I mean, that was a commonplace thing. Wow. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> I mean, it's sad too. But I'm I mean, not, you know, I'm not against change. I mean, in a lot of ways, I enjoy. I enjoy so much about the culture that we have now, and it's like, especially in America, we have this tremendous potential to to just not just do a lot of good things, but to have a hell of a lot of fun doing it. And I think that's the thing that I'm missing out on is like, I was just having a really good time <laughs> going out and playing music for people and and, and living a good life. And uh, not that my life's not good now, but, you know, I, I, I can't get out. And other people, I'm sure, are a lot more affected by that. Mm. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. Hey, I don't give up. I mean, it's like... Uh, we're all gonna we're gonna come through this thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I want to thank you so much for your time tonight, David. And as we close this up for the night, just what's the best way for fans to to find you and to log in and, and watch you on? Is it Facebook to find your live streams? Yeah, my David Children's uh, personal page on Facebook. I do. I play like on Fridays and Saturdays at six o'clock. You don't have to pay anything; it's, it's free. But if you know, if you want, if you want to do something with PayPal or Venmo, I'm not going to stop you. <laughs> um, <laughs> as far as recordings, I would recommend going to Ramsour Records. R A M S C U R. They've got they've got a, a number of of albums that. I had to say, say mine. I'm always thinking there are other people that were in, but yeah, they got a number of my records there. 
Okay. You can get downloads of them and uh, vinyl and also um, CDs. When I get back out playing, I just booked a gig in the middle of April. I'll, I always have them with me. But in the meantime, check, the, I think it's ramsorrecords.com. Okay. All right. Well, I think we'll wrap it up there. I want to thank you so much again, David, for giving your time. Really enjoyed Rob, it. thank you very much. I appreciate you taking the interest. Again, thank you, David, for the time and chatting with me a few weeks ago. Hope everyone enjoyed this one. I had a great time talking to David and learning about how his process works and how it all comes together and just just enjoyed this kind of shooting the breeze with him. It was a really good conversation. I hope you all enjoyed it. We got a lot of cool things coming up. Might take a break sometime in April, kind of get things warmed up for the summer, but hope everyone's doing well and we'll talk to you soon.